Welcome back, everyone, to Land the Plane. This is episode number two, and tonight we are going to follow up a little bit with what we talked about in episode one, but going to go a little bit uh, in a little bit different direction. Uh, Dustin, how you been doing? Been doing good, Jonathan. Yeah, how you doing? I'm man. I'm doing pretty good. You're looking good over there. I just wanted to say that to everybody because well, they can't see you, so right. I just wanted to make sure. Well, you don't. You I don't have you. your you don't have your glasses on, so <laughs> I probably do look pretty good. So what's been going on with you, John? Man, this past weekend, and then that'll kind of tell everybody when when this was, I guess, um, was the youth hunt here in Arkansas. And uh, if the you're not, scariest this, weekend in the woods, <laughs> it probably is. Let's give all our children guns and go out to the woods. Hope they don't shoot anybody. <laughs> um, but more than likely, it's probably safer than what this coming up weekend is going to be. Probably <laughs> let's, let's give everybody in the state of Arkansas a gun and tell them to go out in the woods. Um, but anyway, it was Youth youth Hunt Weekend, which is a, a special weekend where you can take uh, kids under the age of 16. I believe it's like, I think you might have to be like seven or eight years old, uh, up to age 16. And you get to go out in the woods and get kind of the first chance at uh, at harvesting a deer. So I took my um, son down down south a little bit. To, what, I, what? I got. It. I, I like how you said harvesting a deer. Harvesting is. Yes. It, I'm not a hunter. Okay, so yeah. I think I said that in the last one. But is that the term? That normally? that is the term. Okay, I didn't know if we were just being like PC tonight. No, so we no. want to harvest. So, I guess just sounds a lot better than it's like slaughter. You harvest your. Corn. Garden and farm, yeah. you, yeah, you same, eat it. Okay. Yeah, same kind of thing. Because that, because right. we do. For me, that's that's really kind of the the draw to hunting is you 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 do get to have a hobby and that kind of thing and get out in the woods, but it's also providing for my family. So that's that's one important thing about hunting. I don't like hunting when when I, I'm not able to bring something home. It's, it's like, that gun, I should have just gone to Kroger. It would have been a lot quicker. But anyway, we went down and uh, took my son hunting this weekend. And one of, I guess, possibly the strangest thing I've ever experienced hunting happened. And so I, check this out. This is it's really weird. But anyway, so it's getting about... About quitting time, honestly, the the sun has gone down. It's starting to get dark. We got probably about eight ten minutes left of of daylight where we can hunt. And a a doe, which is a for you hunt, not people that don't hunt, it's a it's a girl deer, came came out, and uh, she was about a hundred yards in front of us. And whenever you're hunting, you want to. You want to wait until a deer is, is side to side. It's called broadside when they're they're standing, not facing you or away from you, but side to side. And she just came out and started walking straight toward us. And she came out into the into the kind of a thicket there, and we could see her. We were standing there, we were in a stand watching her, and she came out and just stood there facing directly at us, which is not what you want. So she kept standing there and kept standing there, and she was just standing there eating and looking around, all that kind of thing. Like, do you think she, she saw you? Like, were y'all making eye contact? She was looking in our general direction, but I don't, I don't believe she saw us or, or did, knew what was going on. But I'm not sure. Did you cover yourself in deer urine before you started this? 
<laughs> the, there was some deer urine involved. Yes, okay. I, I, I'm just, I I'm say just curious. That. Yeah, because deer can smell. I mean, they they're uh, they their their sense of smell is ridiculous. So you you, you got to cover up a little bit because humans we stink, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, we're sitting there and our uh, our you know my son's ready to shoot, ready to to, to get to harvest this deer and. <laughs> She just will not turn. So finally, like I had to put the video camera down because it was too dark for the video camera to actually pick up anything. But he could still see her pretty well through the scope, and you could see her with your naked eye. So finally I said, you know what? Just She kept turning her head all the way around and kind of reaching down beside her, which you know kind of made her neck stick way out to the side. And I said, you know what? The next time she does that, if you feel comfortable with it, just shoot her in the neck Um, because it's the the thing with doing that is he's either going to get a clean shot and it's, it's a, it's actually a really humane shot. It's just done or just completely miss. So, you know, it's it's kind of a win-win there's a, because you, you don't want to just injure an animal and leave them out there. That that's the last thing we want to do. You want to harvest it. We want to harvest the animal. So, well, he he waited, he got his chance, he shot, and then we saw the deer still moving. And I was like, okay, well, he that, missed. That that proved that yeah, it looks like you missed, buddy. You you know, but the deer so, didn't run. Deer didn't run. Just stood there. And I was like, okay, well, that's you, you that's almost neat. had some good deer urine. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, some quality that's stuff. Great. Um. So anyway, we get another bullet put in the gun. And, you know, he starts to aim again, and he's like, Dad, it's just, it's too dark, and I don't want to, you know, I'm just, I'm worried about injuring her and not, you know, not doing what I need to do. So, so I was like, okay, just, you know, let's put the gun down, and we'll just wait for a little bit, let the deer clear off. So we just started kind of talking a little bit in the stand, which, generally speaking, if a deer hears somebody talking, they're going to run off. Right. And the deer just kept standing there. Well, then we lost sight of the deer. We're like, okay, the deer's gone. Good. We'll get out of the stand. So we started getting all of our things together and we're about to head out. And, and he took the, his flashlight. My son took a flashlight that's got a laser pointer on it and was pointing the laser around where that deer was. And he saw two eyes looking back at him like they, cause they reflected off the deer, you know, the laser light reflected off the deer's eyes. So you blinded it. So we, bl- we blinded <laughs> the deer. you're not supposed to point those things in people's yeah. eyes, you know. That's well, a, it's not a, it's not people, so it's okay. It's true. Yeah. True. And so I was like, wow, that, how in the world is that deer? Cause we were just up, standing up, talking, all this kind of stuff. And so we, we started thinking, well, maybe, maybe he actually did shoot that deer and it just kind of fell right where it was. And, it's like head straight on and it maybe that deer is still there because there is just no way that we're making this much noise and talking and all this other stuff. And this deer is just still standing there. But okay. (laughs) But you shot, he shot, shot and it didn't Didn't move. move. It didn't fall down. But sometimes deer think it's, it's thunder, but you couldn't even tell if it was up or down because the thicket that, that she was in oh, okay. was really, I mean, it was pretty thick stuff. So you couldn't tell, you know, up, up or down. We just know when we pointed the light out there, we could see two eyes still looking right there. So we're like, okay, well, let's just get down out of the stand. So we got down and started walking up through there. 
and flipped just to a flashlight and and we were walking and and then the freakiest thing happened is that she started following us with her eyes like she was watching us walk and so we're we're making like this 75 80 yard hike up through here and she's just with her head, just following us. So the head is moving. The head is moving. So you now the the deer now is alive. Now we know the deer is alive. Not sure exactly what all's going on, but but the deer is still alive. So we I'm telling get, you right now, um, deer urine makers, whatever <laughs> one you used, we need to get them as a sponsor. Because <laughs> it's good stuff. We'll, we'll give them a Completely plug. freak this deer out. So we walk up. And we get to the point where we are about eight to ten feet away from this deer. Are y'all nervous? I'm, I'm... Well, well, I mean, we were kind of like, uh, okay, if we, because sometimes if you like, if you shoot a deer in the backbone or something, they can fall and they're still alive, but they they just can't get up and run off. So we're like, well, maybe that's what happened. We're not sure what's going on here. So we finally get close enough. Like I said, about probably about eight to nine feet. And look, and she's standing, and just standing there looking at us. Was, what did y'all do to this deer? I've, uh, I was thinking, you are either really brave or dumb. You know, we might have come across the dumbest deer in the woods. So Matt, Matthew, my son, There's he just somebody starts... somebody out there right now listening to this, yeah. that it was their pet deer, and they've been yeah. looking for it for a week, and now they're going to know the truth. Well, that... My my son just starts talking to the deer, like, "Hey, deer, what's happening? What's going on? How are you doing? You know?" And and then finally, the deer just kind of turns and and takes a few jumps and just runs off. It was are deer you was yeah, deer was completely fine, nothing wrong with the deer, just standing there, wanting to look at us. I felt like I was at the zoo, and. I was in the zoo, so and the what, deer was like came by and was checking me out or something. I, I don't know. So it just hung out, and then it, it just hung out. How was the thing? That's crazy. Are you sure it like wasn't maybe the bullet? No, there was bounced off his forehead. No, because it, <laughs> it's for her forehead. And she just, was just loopy just for a while. temporarily knocked her. Knocked what kind her of gun room. did you use? Was it a strong enough gun? Just, uh, oh, yeah. The bullet just bounced off the yeah. doe's forehead. No, I, I don't. I've never, and I've talked to a few guys, and and actually, I talked to somebody today that they had an experience where they they walked up on a deer about eight or ten feet away, and they thought for some reason, um, anyways, they would shot one deer, but there was another deer close, and they they, they thought that he had indirectly shot the wrong deer because it was just laying there. And he got within about three or four feet of it and started to reach down to get it. And it jumped up and ran off, <laughs> which which will, I'm sure, scare you. Well, as, as a non-hunter. Probably did something that the deer urine wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't cover up there. As a non-hunter, yeah, I think that was okay to do because it was a deer. But if it would have been like a lion or a hippopotamus <laughs> or an elephant... Don't a hippo. don't approach those. Okay. Yeah, don't don't walk on the they don't walk deadly. up on that hippo that you think you shot. They are deadly or something. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was a really really weird thing. Now that I'm glad to say, the next morning we went out and and he was able to to bring home a buck. It's a little it's, it's a little spike. What they call a spike. It's got two horns. So two point two point. It's a two point. <laughs> 
I guess a spike just sounds better. Than- now, my son, our, our sons are friends, same age, been friends a long time. Yeah. And my son came home and said that y'all killed a 16 point. A 16 point. That's what he t- said your son told him. A <laughs> <laughs> 16 point. And I said, that seems like it would be on Facebook if that was uh, to yeah. happen. So I thought he might have got that number wrong. So Yeah, by, by about 14. <laughs> oh man But it was a good weekend We had, we had fun well, That's good it's I'm good happy weekend. for y'all um, As you know Jonathan It's great to hear A fun story like that But You know This last week It's kind of been Like a rough news week I guess Would be a good way to put it And You know We're always here To talk about something We like to have fun We like to have some laughs But you know We're here for a reason You know We talked about that last week We're here to help folks out And What we're going to talk about This week is peace. How do you find peace living in this world? So what I'm going to do, Jonathan, this is totally just on the fly. I'm pulling up my oh phone, boy. pulling this up. There's no okay. possible way that this could go badly. No, nope, not at all. This, is, this was planned to be on the fly because we want it to be real. This is, I'm going to tell everybody when it is. This is Thursday night. What's the day? November 9th. I think, yeah, November 9th. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up a news website, and I'm going to read some of the headlines. Oh, boy. Right? Okay. When I searched this news website, this legitimate news website, Okay. the first thing that came up was pot-smoking naked couple in Wisconsin tried to seduce teen babysitter. Okay. I don't know what to say about sometimes, that. Sometimes reality is stranger than fiction. <laughs> I'm going to read just some headlines, all right? Um, let's see. Uh, it says, Jake Tapper betrayed me after debate questions controversy, says Donna Brazil. Brazil? I don't know how to say her name, I'm sorry. Um, this is just some of the headlines. Florida dad fires gun to stop 17-year-old daughter's attempted kidnappers. Now, okay, that's. I'm glad he took care of his daughters, but yeah. just the story behind that, right. scary. Texas boy, 15, arrested in murder of Dollar General clerk. 22 Houston gang- gangsters lured immigrants to U.S., forced them into prostitution, and died, says. Controversial Drexel professor blames whiteness for Texas church shooting. Um, now, I'm going to go. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to go to another... New site because this is kind of stuff that every day we look at the world and we go out and we live our lives and we are told this stuff, it's put in front of us all day long. And I'm not just, I'm not reading every headline, okay, but I'm looking at, um, I'm not skipping any either, okay, I'm not like weeding out just trying to find the bad ones, there's just not very many good ones out here. It says, um, Senate plan would nick state and local deductions. That's a bummer. <laughs> Louis C.K. accused of sexual misconduct by five women. Ray Moore denies allegation of sexual misconduct years ago with a 14-year-old. Um, Dad turns into puddle of tears after receiving a new puppy. I saw this story. It's kind of, kind of, it's kind of nice, but he really likes this new puppy. I'm just telling you. Um, emergency crews trying to rescue surfer who wasn't drowning. That's good news, <laughs> I guess. 
DHS warns of weaponized drones, aviation threats. Air Force security admits issue in gunman's case. Um, doctor pleads not guilty to assault of Senator Paul. We're just going through here and just reading headline after headline, the things that want they want us to click on to come read these full stories, which I'm not doing that. Um, and it, of course, this is a slow news day compared to a lot of new day, news days. In fact, you know, recently we can think about all the things that's been happening. Um, this last Sunday was the day where, you know, we had the church shooting where the guy walked down the aisle of the church and was opening fire on people there. 20, I think it was 24 or 26 were killed that day. 20 more injured. And we we read these things, Jonathan, and we hear about them over and over and over again. It seems like every day we wake up to something new. And this isn't a political talk. It doesn't matter who is in charge of what country. I mean, those things make differences. But around this world, we are constantly being reminded that this world is a difficult place. So what we want to talk about is how do you find peace in this world we're living in, Jonathan? How do we how do we do that? I want to make sure we understand, too, we're not talking about happiness. Is there a right. difference between happiness and peace to you? Oh, what, yeah. What is yeah. that difference? Um, happiness is is the state of being happy. It's, it's a very temporal thing. Happiness is, um, is, is very circumstantial based. Cause I mean, if, if something goes wrong at your job or, or whatever, your one of your kids gets sick, all those kind of things happen. Um, it, you can't, you're not going to be happy about that. And, uh, I was teaching some, some kids about the difference between happiness and joy one time. And I said, happiness is based on what is happening, you know? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's all about what is going on right now. And anybody, you ever know one of those people that just seems like they're happy all the time? Like happy, 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 happy um, all the time. Yes. Do you trust those people? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to yell in y'all's ears. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't trust them either. It's like, it, this stuff stinks sometimes, you know? It's when you ask somebody, you're like, how are you doing today? And everybody's always doing great. Yeah. You know everybody's been lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, happiness is very circumstantial. But peace, I can have peace in the in the craziest of circumstances. You know, I remember, I guess one of the, one of the times that I saw the kind of peace played out in front of me was a time when, when my dad, my dad had to have... Uh, surgery is brain surgery. And I mean, it was, it's a major deal that they, they went, you know, like up to his sinuses and, and cut all the way up into his brain, all those kind of things. And talking to him that morning when we got to the hospital, I mean, he honestly didn't know if 24 hours later he was going to be living or dead, you know, yeah. but he was, you know, he told me then he was like, I'm not worried at all. Like I'm, and and he had come to the realization that if if everything goes fine and tomorrow is, you know, I'm here and everything's okay and the surgery does well, all those kind of things, great. That that's that's fantastic. If things go not great and you know, in, in the next twenty four hours he, he somehow, you know, he dies or whatever, okay. I'm good with that too. And so he was he had an inner peace about him 
And he even told me, he was like, I can't explain it. I should be worried right now, but I'm not. There's, there's no reason to be. So Yeah, and those moments are like so encouraging when you're not. When you're the other person, yeah. You know? When you're not the when you're not the one about to have brain surgery, and that's one of those things. It's like if if I get, when I face problems like that, because there's people out here that know me that's listening to this. There's people that know you, and we could probably talk about peace and trying to have peace, and they'd be like, "I know you, and I know at times you have not had peace," which is true. That happens. Um, we've always said we're not we're not perfect, and we're not we're not trying to be, but I know that. You know, you hear those moments, you hear those people that go through that stuff and they talk about how much peace they had at that moment. Sometimes I wonder what what brings that upon them. What, you know, because sometimes even well, let me let me let me read this. This is what I what I want to do. Sunday morning, I was at church. I was sitting at church and I was fixing to, you know, participate in Sunday school and this thought just kind of came in my head. I'm not trying to act like prophet or anything like that because it had nothing to do with it it was i was thinking about the podcast i was thinking about what we're doing here at land the plane and i wanted to put something out on social media and i kind of got this this is what i put out on facebook and it says god is everywhere wherever you are this morning church home work or on the road he is there no matter what you believe or feel about him none of us have ever lived in a world where he is not present you know, and, and I'm sitting there, and we're trying to be current in what we talk about because we want to deal with real life, what's going on. Um, but when I sent that message out, I was just sitting in church, waiting for students to show up, waiting to have a discussion, those types of things. Well, that same morning, there was people in church just a little bit later probably in the day that you're supposed to be there at your safe place, church, nothing bad's going to happen. And the guy walks in, open fires, you know, opens fire and kills quite a few people, you know, and I looked at the list of people and there were from, from a, a, a baby that hadn't been born yet to 80 year old person. And I, and sometimes it was six or seven family members, one family, you know, just totally decimated. And I, and I went back and I didn't even think about this post at the time. And so now I go back and, and read it and said, God is everywhere. Wherever you are this morning, church, home, work, or on the road, he is there. And I think about that church, and I think about situations, think about the Las Vegas shooting that happened not too long ago. I think about any other shooting. I think about people that send their loved ones off to wars or, you know, fighting the military, any of those types of things, or or just day-to-day dealing with an illness, dealing with a sickness. How do you find that peace? Like, how do you really experience that peace? I know I've had troubles. I've had struggles in my life where my dad died— at a young age, he was only 48 when he passed away. And it was, I remember the moment I was 20 years old and I remember the moment he passed and I walked out in the hallway and I didn't, I didn't know God. I didn't go to church or anything like that. And I remember walking out in that hallway and even though my dad had just died, there was a peace that came over me that I don't always feel. And so I think about that moment and I think about God being everywhere, but man, I think I was thinking about those families and how are, how are they finding peace? In that situation, I mean, they're talking about they're going to bulldoze the the church. They're going to tear it down and start start over, which I understand completely. But in that situation, I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, even just reading that story, I mean, there's people that's going to be like, "I'm not going to church Sunday. I'm not going to do it." Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this a little bit today, just about that that church, 
and I, you know, most play, most circumstances, like I think most people would be a little bit hesitant next week if, you know, a friend of theirs invited them to a, an outdoor music festival somewhere, you know, or any kind of big gathering like that, that, yeah, something may happen. But the crazy thing is that I actually think, I actually think this coming up Sunday, there's probably going to be more people at church than there were last week. Why? Maybe not at that particular church, but just, you know, people who have been affected by this. Because no matter what, um, there's just something, even in the middle of this kind of thing, when when things go wrong, when things get hard, when life gets tough, when, you know, the uh, stuff that we just can't explain happens, the people go and are and are pulled toward church and, and pulled toward God. And I think it's because God is something that's that's bigger than all of these things. And and even people who who don't believe in God or believe, you know, that there is a God, there's just something in them that want to believe in something bigger than than the situation. You know, and for those of us who are who are Christians and who do believe, um, you know, we do believe that that God is bigger than that situation. He's bigger than than what just happened. So I I don't it'd be interesting to to kind of do a poll and to see, hey, you know, you know, whoever you are, are you more afraid to go to church now? Will you still go to church now? Are you more likely to go to church now? And I think we would actually find that that more people are, you know, I don't believe that that people will be more likely to miss church because of this happening. Okay. I, I just don't believe that. Yeah, which, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think people, you know, especially being a believer, you kind of like, well, that's not going to keep me from my God. You know, that's not going to keep me from worshiping or fellowship. And we're gonna we're gonna protect what's what we have. You know, I get that too. So we want this podcast to be for everybody, not just people that go to church or people that believe in God or anything like that. And so I think about all the times we hear about the news, we hear about these stories about people being shot or people being killed. It seems like every time you click on a story, there's a homicide. There's all this stuff going on in Hollywood right now, the sexual allegations, and it seems like every day a new one comes out. So my question for you is how, you know, I think about all the people that are out there that don't know God or they don't know that situation. They don't, they, they face these situations. How do they deal? Where do they find their peace? Where do they find their hope? You know, I don't, I don't know where they do. I mean, just to be honest. Um, and I was just thinking as you, as you were saying that before you asked me that, where, where people would turn to, because normally, you know, in America, if things go wrong, who do you, who do you turn to for help? You know, let's let's even forget about hope, but help. Well, see, I think know? that's the difference. I think, I think people, when they can't find peace or they don't have peace, they look for happiness, yeah. and they turn to the things that make them happy. Yeah, but those things run out because because yeah. things that that make you happy generally, if it's not friends and family, then it's going to be something that's um, fleeting. 
you know, a lot of people will, will turn to, to drugs and alcohol, things like that. They'll, um, addictions, you know, things like that to, to somehow satisfy, but they're just temporary. Sometimes a large pizza helps me feel better. <laughs> it can. Yeah, it yeah, can. But, but I mean, that's real for everybody. I mean, people will say, I, I just need to get home and get a drink tonight or a glass of wine. Or, I mean, there's, like I said, all these addictions or whatever comes out. But even, I want to go on what you said a little bit about friends and family. I mean, love your wife, love your kids, with them all the time. A lot of people at, at those dark moments, those difficult moments, they'll cling to those people around them that they love. And that's not bad, but does that bring you peace or does that bring you a temporary happiness? Yeah, I'm not sure, especially when it's things that are bigger than we are. You know, you you tell somebody that they're, you know, they just got diagnosed with, with stage four, you know, non-operable cancer. Yeah. They're their husband or wife is not going to be able to fix that. You know, there, there's no fix for it. So in that situation, where can you find, you know, where can you find peace? Well, um, you're in that, you're in that public setting and somebody pulls out a gun and starts shooting. I can say, you know, my son asked what to do. I say, son, I'm going to, I'm going to step between you and that bullet. But after the first one, there ain't nobody standing yeah, there. You anymore. can only do. I mean, can I can't do so much. I can't promise him. I can't guarantee him that I can protect him. That I can keep him safe. Right. I mean, so I think in the end, um, and this is where I have a problem. Just where I just I can't understand how people who who don't have, I guess, a, a faith in God, where they. Um, where they can truly find real peace, you know? Yeah. Um, Psalm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out a Bible verse here real quick. Psalm 4610, I bet you're familiar with it. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I want to go back to that first part just a little bit when it says, Be still and and know that I am God. Does that do anything for you, Jonathan? <laughs> I mean, I think about that verse, and I think about what that means, and we need to talk about what it means. But I think in those times where I get the most worked up or I get the most fired up, i got to stop. Sometimes you just got to stop. If the news is bringing you down, if everything you're hearing and reading is bringing you down, if it's disrupting you, leading you to different things, things you shouldn't be doing, some, maybe some addiction issues or whatever. But if it's leading you to those things, sometimes you just got to stop. And so I think about this verse, Psalm, Psalm 46.10, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. And a lot of people, especially if you go to church, you know that verse. All right, If you're out there, you're not going to church, you've probably heard it before, you've probably seen it on a T-shirt, you've probably seen it on a bumper sticker, or somewhere on a plaque on a wall. If you haven't done that, and you never heard this before, this is brand new because church ain't your thing, but you're listening there's still a lot of value there to be still and know that I am God. What does that mean to you, Jonathan? Like when you hear that and you think about peace, I mean, does it say anything to you? Yeah. That in looking at that verse and, and what those, that kind of that phrase be still there. Um, if you look at it in the kind of the original language, it, it's a very, um, 
it's a military type term and it would kind of be like if if you were in a a group of um let's say that you were you know you you were in a, a company of of soldiers and you guys were exploring you know you were pushing through an area and you came up upon some uh you know, like some other soldiers or whatever, and, and you were you stopped there where they were, and and the commander of the area or whatever said, "Okay, guys, you know, put your guns down. You can get you, you know, get a, get a bite to eat. Um, you're safe here." Okay, that him simply telling them, "Put your arms down, put your guns down." That's kind of what this phrase "be still" is. It's a disarming phrase. So it was, he was literally telling them, put down your arms, just, you know, as far as your, your weapons, put your weapons down. Well, the only time someone is going, uh, the only time a soldier is going to put their weapons down is when he knows that other soldiers have his back, Mm. you know, when he knows he's safe, I can relax for right now. I can rest. Um, you know, if, if you can imagine being in the trenches, you know, and, and a lot of, I know a lot of warfare that we see now is, is different than maybe what we, what we think of as far as trench warfare. But if you can imagine being in World War II and, and being in the trenches um, and, and trying to sleep. Oh, I can't, you can't. I mean, how, how would you do that? How, how do you do that? You know, the only way that you can do that is if you're trusting that the guys around you have got your back. You know, that's the only way you're going to be able to sleep. And, and I think that's when I read this verse now, I know that God's got my back. He's bigger than I am. He's bigger than the situation. He's bigger than whatever's going on. And and he can take care of it. Um, and, and I know a lot of times us as guys, man, we we, oh, we, yeah. we like to take care of stuff, you know. We fix it. Right. Yeah, maybe we, with duct tape and <laughs> yeah, it, it, it may be paper clips or <laughs> yeah it, it may fall apart in 30 seconds but we're going to attempt to fix we're gonna, it yeah um but when we realize you know what i can't fix this i can't fix the situation that i'm in i'm i'm powerless against it then we kind of have we kind of have two choices we can either allow somebody else to take care of it and fix it for us or we can get really anxious and really scared and freak out. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of your only two choices, right? Yeah. So it, when, when I look at these verses, I, I kind of think of, you know what, if I would really just disarm and just be still and let God take care of this, then that, that's, when I, that's when trust in God comes through, you know? So we trust God, and we're supposed to put our put our trust in Him. He's there for us. He's not going to leave us. Well, how do we? What you said earlier about being still and knowing that your your the other soldiers have your back. Well, one we know God's got our back. No matter how bad this world looks or acts or seems, He's there and He's in ultimate control. But what about? Is there something to that? Your soldier, your team, your people around you being able to put some trust in them, put some, I don't want to say faith, that's not the right word, but putting some trust in those people around you to also have your back. I think that 
is part of peace to me. I don't know if that's the right answer, but of course God's number one. But when I talk about surround yourself with people, I'm talking about surround yourself with those people that believe what you believe or that they know the truth and they're willing to speak the truth to you when you need to hear it, however you need to hear it. Because I know there's been some dark times that I've gone through and some difficult situations I've gone through and I needed people around me to remind me of God's truth or remind me of the promises or remind me that he's still there. And I'm not alone in those solid people around me that were willing to do whatever it took to help me get through that. That's a big part of it. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, I think back uh, to the story of Job um, when, he, you know, all these crazy things are happening. And I mean, man, <laughs> yeah, we've not, we've not experienced anything like Job has. Um, all these things are happening and, and his friends come and for like a couple of days, they just sit there with him, you know? Um, they, in fact, they really, they really only got in trouble when they started talking to him, but just that presence of people with you. Uh, and, and like you say, sometimes it's just for them not to necessarily do anything, but to remind you and, and to, and to be with you. And it goes, um, kind of goes back to a, a blog post that, that will be, uh, it'll be online before this, this podcast is online, uh, at land the plane dot today. Um, that just talks about not being alone and, and doing this together. Uh, we have to do life together. And we even talked about this in our, in our first show, but too many times we try to do things alone and we just, we end up losing sight of, of truth. We end up losing sight of what the most important thing is. And that's when we need our friends, our family, those, those people, like you said, that believe the same way that we do to come alongside of us. If it's not anything more than them just putting an arm around us and saying, Hey man, you know, you got this, we can, you know, we can make through, make it through this together. Um, that is, that's one of the most important things. And it's, it's also not just if you're the one receiving that or needing that, but it's watching out for your friends and watching out for your family and you being the one that goes up to them and says, Hey, what's going on? How can I help? Let me pray for you. You know, and those kind of things are just, just having a conversation. Um, and it's so weird how we won't reach out and ask for that. You know, that, yeah. that whole, that whole pride kind of thing. Pride gets in the way. We're supposed to, you know, everybody's supposed to, I'm supposed to have my act together is what I'm supposed to have. You know, nobody's supposed to see a weakness in me. Nobody's supposed to see a struggle in me. And, and if we would just get rid of that facade, it'd probably go a long way in helping each other out. Yeah. You know, I also think there's a big misconception about peace. And, and I'll tell you why, because I remember, you know, I haven't been in church my whole life. It was, it was later in life. Like I said, I was 20 before church became a, a normal thing for me or, or God or anything. But I remember hearing the, the hymn, the old hymn. Y'all, some of y'all may know this. Some of you may not. I bet love you do. Peace like a river. And I used to think about that song, I have peace like a river. And then you walk somewhere like the Mississippi River or <laughs> these major rivers yeah. out there. And I look at it and I don't think peace automatically. Now, you give me a little pond where it's just steel and, the you know, 
little nice mountain, grass little stream. Yeah, no stickers, you know, <laughs> no deer staring at you for <laughs> until you get eight feet away. They actually come over and let you pet them. I mean, that's that's peace, right? And I, I used to think about that, and I thought, why is peace like a river? That makes no sense to me. Rivers are constantly moving. Rivers are there's. Um, I've always wanted to go whitewater rafting. I want to do that so yeah. bad, Jonathan. And you, I don't think you can really go whitewater rafting on a peaceful river. A peace like a river. And so, yeah. but so I, I remember that song, and I think, and I have a misconception of what peace is. Because when I think peace, when, when I used to think of peace, I used to think nothing's going wrong, nothing bad is happening, life is perfect, everything's great, I have peace. But when I hear I have peace like a river, that doesn't make sense to me. So we need to understand, too, that peace does not mean things aren't happening. Right. Peace is not the absence of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think the the part of me says peace should be a total absence of chaos. But it's how are you during that chaos? I want to go whitewater. I just said that. I want to do it. And I want to, I love the water and I love canoeing and stuff like that. And I want to be in that raft and I want to be flying up in the air and I want to be getting soaking wet and I want to be wearing my helmet and I want to be having my paddle and I want to be having a great time. And that's the time the river is the, is the worst. The mm-hmm. rapids are the biggest. And I'm thinking that's going to be the funnest time. Because, I mean, when you think about that, that's what life is. Life is... I think of that piece like a river, and now I see it as, well, when when I start going down that river, it's going to be a constant. There's going to be things coming at me. There's going to be things challenging me. But what? how am I when I face that stuff? So we need to understand that just because life is hard or there's difficulties out there or you have some struggles, that doesn't mean you can't find peace in something bigger. Well, and I think, I think that's kind of the point is that, that to really have peace— it's got to be in something bigger than the problem. I mean, I'm not going to have, you know, if I've got cancer, I'm not going to go to a dentist. (laughs) You know, I'm going to go to a cancer institute or something, somebody that's bigger than the problem that I have. And, And that's the cool thing about, about our faith in God is that he is bigger than whatever the problem is. And man, there's so many arguments and, and, and I know that this kind of time when so many things are going wrong and, and I've already seen it in the news. Well, wasn't, wasn't God at that church, you know, when, when all those people got killed. Um, yeah, he was, you know, um, and, and just because we can't completely grasp and understand everything that's going on, um, and, it, and it goes back to our, our first show about life being hard. There's, there's crappy things that happen in this world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's always going to be crappy things that happen. And, and we can get into a huge discussion about all those kind of things. And I hope maybe, uh, maybe one show we will. But when we understand that, that God is truly bigger than those things, and just because those things are happening does not b- mean... Um, that God is not there uh, doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't put our faith in him and we can't put our, our trust in him um, to lead us through those kind of things. Right. 
And I want to share this verse too, because it just builds off that. This is Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 28. And this is Jesus talking. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I hear that, and Jonathan, I want you to react to that, but I hear that, and man, I just think about all the, the hard times. And we just want, a lot of times we just, like we talked about earlier, we want somebody to care. We want somebody to see that we're struggling. We just want somebody to that understands our problems, that's faced similar problems, that can have solutions and can have answers and can pull us through there. And here we are, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And it's just a, it's like, that's that welcome that we look for sometimes, that we want. And here he is, God, our creator, our savior, and he's telling us just to come to him. Sounds easy, but we know it's not. Yeah. And and I think, too, it it kind of helps point out... Um. God's view of what is most important and, and maybe where God places the most emphasis. Because if you, you know, I mean, Jesus was saying, take my yoke upon you and, uh, and learn from me. Okay. Year or so later, he was carrying a cross and getting nailed to it. Not real peaceful. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, he was having crowds, you know, yell against him. He was being beaten. Um, all those kind of things that, that are the exact opposite of what we would think think of as peace. Um, but in the middle of that, you know, he looked to his heavenly father. He, he looked to God and the plan that God had, um, knowing that the life that we're, that we're in uh, is filled up with junk and all of those kind of things. And, and we do get weary. We get um, burdened. We get overwhelmed at times. And he's saying, hey, you know, take my yoke and come to me, all you who are, who are worried about those things. Does that mean he's going to fix them all? No. 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 He, he didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will take care of the problems. He said, I'll give you rest, you know, and and I see in that, that he, the emphasis that he was placing was far more reaching than the temporal things that we're going through. You know, God, God is much more interested in, in what's going on a thousand years from now than he is in the next day or two, uh, because we're not temporal beings, we're eternal beings. So you know, a lot of times things that'll happen to us, we can't get past today. We can't understand past today because we don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. You know, God is continuously looking at down into the future, out into the future. Um, What is going to play out in this? What am I going to learn, you know, through going, going through something that, that I may be able to impact you know, people uh, after people, after people, after people, because of what I'm going through now. Well, what's more important, what I'm going through now getting fixed or impacting a whole lot of people in the future? 
I think, impacting a whole lot of people in the future, you know? Right, yeah. And uh, even some of the things that, that we have gone through uh, in, the past, in the past year, um, myself and you, who's to say that some of that isn't, you know, hasn't kind of shaped us and, and changed kind of things about us so that now we're able to, to kind of reach out and, and talk into where people are now because of what we went through, you yeah. know? So I, I think, yes, God is there to give us rest and, and he cares for us and he um, is always going to care for us and he's never going to give us, um, you know, beyond what, what he can handle, you know? Um, but it, it's just a, it's a way of looking at things. Even in, the, um, in, in Psalm 23 where, it, where he talks about, um, you know, leading, leading us, uh, in green pastures and that kind of thing. Our vision of that is, <laughs> you know, just mountain or just rolling, rolling pasture land. Well, there, what, what that really was, was pretty much a desert yeah. that had grass sticking out every once in a while. <laughs> it was like, whoa, there's some green. Okay. Over here's some green. Okay. Over here's some green. It's not that you're that you're walking around in a hayfield, you know, mm-hmm. it's that he is taking care of us and, and he's going to continuously take care of us, but it doesn't promise that everything is going to be, you know, just wonderful and just daisies and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but that's what sure. we want. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what we want, answers. especially I think as Americans, we're so spoiled in, in what's going on in our lives. And we just think we're really important, you know, are we, and, are we uh, not? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we are, but I, we're doing uh, a podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> we're but, pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we we, we like our comfort and we like to be, um, kind of coddled, you know? Oh, for sure. So, so we don't like it when things get tough. Yeah. And, you know, and, I think about these things and, and, and the challenge of doing these types of discussions and is, you know, somebody might click on here and it might have a title on there. You know, how do you find peace? And they're like, I'm listening to that because I'm going to get an answer. Right. Well, truth is, you're going to come to a lot of these podcasts and you're going to hear these talks and we're going to have guests and stuff coming up and you're going to hear discussions. And that's what we want to do. You know, get get you talking about these things, get you thinking about these things, have discussions with people around you, have discussions with those that are close to you and, and not be afraid to talk about these things that sometimes, you know, Hey, I don't have peace in this world sometimes, or I'm struggling. And, you know, we want you to reach out to us through email or social media, but you know, we wanted some of this is just to spark in discussions because when we talk about things, we get somewhere. Yeah. When we keep it all in. We don't get anywhere. Yeah. Well, Dustin, I think, I think it's time to land the plane. All right. Yeah. So listen to this. If you continue to look at the things of this world and hope to find peace, well, you're in trouble. All right. So yes, we find joy in those we love, our family, our friends. Yes, we even experience happiness in this crazy world. But peace? Peace is hard to find. Take time today and every day to be still and know that God is in control. You may not always understand it, or like it, but you can find peace knowing that God loves you and will never leave you nor forsake you. I think it's time for airmail. Airmail. 
that, that was our hide. Is we that, spent our entire budget on, on that special effect. effects right there. You want to hear it again? Yeah. You just doubled our budget. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. I don't know if we can afford the next one. <laughs> well, airmail. Let's remind people what airmail is. Airmail is that time of the show. We read, we talk, we we share what you've been sharing with us. This is the opportunity when we go out to our social media, we go out to our email, and things that you've sent us or comments that you've made, questions that you may ask, we want to share those on the show, and we may take time to answer some questions, or we may read a testimony from an email or anything like that. We want you to share with us. And we have a few things to share tonight on yes. episode two, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Let's go for it. Where well, are they? Um, um, well, quick, okay, quick, Destin on Facebook. All right. One of the posts, we had a comment and I feel, you know, some of y'all may be laughing that that we're reading one comment. This is episode two. I'm pretty excited. We (laughs) had one comment. Uh, This is from Jim. Jim said he just listened. Sounded great. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for being a part. And uh, we also got an email. Jonathan. We did get an email. We did get an email. Which, which I think is pretty funny. If you, if you, if you fell out and. The, the contact form on our website at landtheplane.today. Um, we get an email notification from our website, and the subject line is, holy cow, somebody just sent us email. <laughs> so if you want to give us a good laugh, because we, we giggle every time yeah. <laughs> we get one of these. But uh, this one was from uh, Clay. He said, great to hear you guys. It's been too long. The first episode was really good. I look forward to listening. Well, Clay. Awesome. We are Shout excited out. that Shout you're listening. Clay. Yeah. Clay's a good uh, old friend of ours. We both know Clay. Yeah. He's instilled some wisdom in us over the years. So, Clay, we're glad you're listening. I hope you continue to be a part of the show. Jonathan, why don't you tell people how they can uh, contact us? Well, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those kind of things. We're, we're social all over the place. Um, we're going to be shooting out different posts. Like I said, there will be another blog post here really soon, uh, probably before this podcast actually makes it to the air. Um, so th- hopefully you'll go there. Our uh, website, like I've mentioned a couple of times, is landtheplane.today. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Land the Plane Today. And on Twitter, it's at, the la- it's at Land the Plane 247. Um, on iTunes, Google Play, those kind of things, if you're searching for the, we- uh, for the podcast, just search for Land the Plane. Uh, we should tell you, Jonathan, do you want to tell them about the, the migration? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you about the migration. We. <laughs> We decided to uh, migrate our services over to a different podcast um, host. So if if you downloaded our first episode uh, and you go to the feed now, there's a, there's a good chance that you'll actually see two episode ones. There's actually only one episode one. It's just going to be doubled up in your in your uh, feed there possibly. Uh, from one of them is the one you've downloaded, then one of them is on the on the new host. So we uh, we wanted to leverage different uh, different hosts, different syndicator. So yeah, that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to. I wanted to use we a fancy wanted, word. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to feel like I knew what I was talking about, but I really don't. It's always fun to use the word leverage. Yes. <laughs> Um, also, I just, you know, I want to throw out a tease and this Uh-oh. is a risk. Be careful. Um, you know, 
episode three will be coming at some point before the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're, we're, we're trying to have our first guest. No, we're not trying. We are. We are. We're going to have it's our confirmed. first guest. It is confirmed. This is Jonathan Confirms. Right, I mean, yes. We're, are we going to tell them who our first guest is? I don't think we should. I don't think it's so I think we should just wait and maybe tease it out on social media or something. I don't know. Yeah. But come back for episode three. We're going to have that special guest. A few thank yous. Just thank you, Jonathan, for all the hard work you put into this. That was sincere. I'm only laughing because he's laughing at me. Of course, we always want to thank our family for putting up with this and, and allowing us the time to do this. Yeah, my family's really hungry right now. They're, they're ready for they're, dinner. They're ready for dinner. I might have to grab something before I leave. And also, I just thank Corey Styles again for our intro music and for uh, doing that for us. So I think that's the end of the show, Jonathan. All right. How do we, <laughs> how do we stop these things? I, I, hey, y'all keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we'll see I y'all I think I'm just going to push three. this button over here that says stop. That's probably a good idea. That's probably a good idea. Okay, I'm going to hit that button. All right.